Hey, shit talkers, what's going on? It's Ali Kona Bradford holding it down here for Hollywood shit. And I have a special guest with me today. We have AfterBuzz TV host, Mr. Lex Michael. Hello, that is me. I am Lex Michael. You can find me all over social media at the Lex Michael. Yeah, and follow us at Hollywood Shit LA, my other co-host. One is still wrapping up all her presidential candidacy situations as a reporter, and the other one is traveling. So that's why we have the fabulous Lex, who is an actor and a host, like I said, on AfterBuzz TV. And today's topic is celebrity behavior and how come certain celebrities can be complete assholes and somehow they're labeled as a badass and people still buy their music, watch their movies, work with them, and then other people... They'll completely tank their career one false step. This industry is so fickle, so we want to talk about some of those instances. So, Lex, give me your, your opinion on Chris Brown, because I have a lot to say about him. Oh, we're starting with Chris Brown. Okay, yeah, we're let's starting start. With, go big starting or go with, home. All right, we're starting with a pretty extreme example, because there's a, there's a huge, a huge range of these, and... Uh, Okay, Chris Brown is definitely farther to one end of the spectrum than than the other. I mean, okay, if we're referring to presumably the fact that he uh, uh, allegedly beat the, the Rihanna stuffing well, not, out of Rihanna. Not only Rihanna, but he, there's been other accounts where he's just randomly beat up dudes for trying to take a picture of him. A girlfriend of mine was actually at the 24-Hour Fitness in NoHo, North Hollywood, and saw a bunch of dudes run it out of the basketball court. Apparently what happened was Chris Brown was there playing basketball, him and his homies, and whoever they played against won, and he made his homies beat up the kid that won. So that way Chris Brown didn't get arrested, right? Wait, so his so, entourage... So he didn't even do it. No. He just had his people beat up on some, some yeah. third individual. Yeah. Okay, so see, all right. I feel like there's a line, right? And there's a line because even... I'm not much of a, a fighter. I'm not like a, a physical altercation type. Usually, certainly if I can avoid it, every so often I feel like, you know, it's st stuff just happens. You know what I mean? Like okay. if, you're, if you're somebody that people recognize, and of course. especially if you're somebody like if you're in the hip hop scene and a big part of that is you put a certain a certain image out there, which is essentially don't, can we, can we swear on this? Yeah, I just, yeah. Hollywood shit. I'm just making sure. Okay. Which is essentially like, don't fuck with me. And if you want to fuck with me, I'm going to fuck with you twice as hard. Right. D past a certain point, I think you're going to occasionally invite aggression from others. Right. So I can understand how, th it's a weird dynamic. And it's a weird dynamic if your goal is to avoid fighting at all costs. Right. I get how stuff like this could happen, but there is a line. I think that line, in this case, I think that line is in not doing it yourself. I think that line, you have... People do it for you. You have a bunch of people, and okay, so it's a, a gang ganging up on one person? But it wasn't even a gang. It was just some, like, it was his entourage. Well, okay, but but so he, he sicked more than one person. Two against one. Two against, okay, yeah. but so, all right. At that point, bro, why not just, if you, if you have to fight, if... Punches have to be, th and by the way, punches didn't have to be thrown, I'm sure. But if we all can't get past the idea of throwing punches, why don't you throw your own punches? Because he's already gotten in enough trouble. Look, he's got a long history of, again, with the whole thing with Rihanna, this dude, another guy that apparently tried to take a picture with him that he didn't appreciate. And he has served time or tried to. And that's the thing, too. I get how everyone could say, look, his music is great. He's great. Separate his personal life. It's irrelevant from him as an artist. Okay, fine. But again, 
because of the things that he's done, like for myself as a female, I'm sorry, I'm not going to buy someone's music if I know he slaps women around. doesn't matter that Rihanna is feisty. It doesn't matter. Maybe she is abusive too. Okay, but it doesn't negate that whole situation. Yeah, I'm, I'm the first guy usually to say you want to as best you're able always separate the art from the artist. It's why I can take a look at like Mel Gibson and I can listen to those voicemails that he left his, his wife or his girlfriend at the time. And I can find them really distasteful and disturbing, but I still really like Lethal Weapon. Right. right? Wait, wait, hold on. Elaborate, though. For someone who doesn't know about these voicemails, what are you talking about? Do you remember? Okay, this was a handful of years ago, and it was, uh, he left these voicemails where he basically went on a racist rant, and then he, uh, I don't want to, like, repeat specifically what That's he okay. said. Have, yeah. But, like, he's, I believe it was him who left the voicemail to his, his girlfriend or wife at the time who said that uh, he hopes she gets raped by a pack of N-words. Oh. Stuff like that. Oh, wow. Or then talking about the one time he got arrested and like he, he famously called the female police officer, I'm quoting Mel Gibson here, famously called her sugar tits, and then <laughs> went, on a racist, went on a racist rant about how the Jews like ruin everything. Like, um, no, you don't I don't, but I do no. know he's a bit of a drunk. So, so He likes his alcohol. That, so all of that stuff, I'm going like, yikes, dude. And of course, I don't condone any of that. I'm Jewish myself, so obviously I'm not, I'm not on board that particular train. However... Because it's just an angry dude shooting his mouth off, I can disagree vehemently with what he's saying, but the words alone are not so profoundly damaging to anyone or anything except Mel Gibson's career and reputation that I can still go back and I can watch some of his earlier work and I can feel like, well, this is this is separate. But there are certain instances, I think Chris Brown is a perfect example of where it... A, a line gets crossed and it becomes a lot harder for me to separate his actions from what he does because his actions were very specifically violent. Right. And he was very specifically attacking people who were not in a physical position to match him. Right. Right. He also, P.S., by the way, when he was in probation, um, he smashed his mom's car window during a family session of psychiatry. Awesome, dude. I mean... I, I, again, separating the art, but, like, I just feel like this dude just keeps making all these mistakes. He's seriously got a lot of issues. Who the hell in the industry is like, let's just keep working with Chris Brown? Like, I get it. He's the moneymaker, but I'd write him off and be like, I don't, oh, I don't need the drama in my life. So there's a part of me that that gets it and I don't like it, but there's a part of me that understands from completely black and white numbers point of view if stuff like this happens and yet you're still moving copies of his albums, I can understand, well, if sales are still okay, I guess we're all fine here. Which is, on a moral, ethical level, let's say super weird at best. Yeah. But I get it I get it from a black and white business standpoint. Right. What I understand less are the people who see it and then say, yeah, I still totally want to support this guy. But did you say you saw like some girls were wearing t-shirts or something? So this, was, this was something that I did see like after, and I, I want to say it was after the incident with Rihanna. And I felt like as, as profoundly disturbing as that was, this I thought was in a totally different way, equally uh, off-putting to me, was the number of women that I saw after this incident took place that were either, I think some of them literally did have t-shirts, some of them were just tweeting it, like passing it around uh, on social media. I assume half joking, but saying stuff like, oh, you know, Chris Brown could beat me up anytime if he wanted, because I guess they find him sexy. And I'm going, like, Yikes. I don't, I, like you can't, <laughs> audio only, so you can't see, like I'm putting my, my head in my hands right now because I don't even know where to begin unpacking that. Right. 
Um, yeah, so. And I go like, because I, I, I see that and I'm going like, okay, so I guess good for you that something like a domestic violence situation is so far from your frame of reference. That you think it's funny. That you can joke about it. Yeah. But you know, the, the pictures of Rihanna are out there. You can see it. And right. I think it's very, That's very difficult to joke yeah. about it once you see those pictures, you know? Right, right. So I found, I just found that very weird, but it's part of, it goes back to what you were saying about how like the guy still has a career and the guy's still moving you units because I think it's very easy for people to a disconnect from an experience like this that is extreme but is so far removed from their personal experience and then also I think people have a tendency to disconnect from the idea of of celebrities whatever level of status they have attained they have a hard time connecting them to like an actual human being you know what right I mean? right well even still okay so one of the things that Lex and I were talking about is do we feel like a man can get away. I know I'm getting into the sexism thing a little bit, but can a man get away with being an asshole a little bit more than a woman can get away with being a bitch? Because if a woman in any which way or form is a little bit demanding or if she knows what she wants, she's very bl- like blunt in the way that she st- states what she wants, she's considered a diva or a bitch. And if a dude is an asshole, then oh, whatever. Because then you got people like Russell Crowe, Christian Bale, who on set are notorious for just being really big jerks to people. And yeah, okay, fine, they sell a lot of movies but i just think that that behavior should not be rewarded i agree and i'm curious to see now that i mean we're we're hearing more finally a conversation about even something as as like a no-brainer as we need to close this massive pay gap between men and women in right. entertainment we're finally having that conversation. So because we're finally having that conversation, I'm curious to see if we can just continue to push, continue to push, continue to push, whether or not that paradigm shifts a little bit. Because you're right, I can't think of too, too, too many Girls. examples, at least, or, or let's say modern, modern era. Because a lot of the ones that you read about, it turns out that there's actually some form of mental illness there, and right. it actually does uh, past a certain point impede their ability to work. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure. Like, I know like Russell Crowe has a reputation for like, he's another one that like picks fights with people, but the stories I've heard about Russell Crowe, and I'm sure I haven't heard all of the stories about Russell, Russell Crowe. It seems like he's doing more, um, more, I'll phrase it this way. It seems like he's punching more laterally than punching down. If that makes sense. Okay. No, to be fair, you don't need to be throwing phones at people's heads. You know what right. I mean? Like, I was thinking about this today, like, apropos of, of nothing we're talking about, really. I was thinking about this earlier today about how some people, I don't know why, maybe they just enjoy the power trip, but some people feel like, for whatever reason, they can't do their work without being nasty or being aggressive. And right. to me, it's like, if you're not capable of doing your work without being violent, whether physically violent or emotionally violent, or even really past a certain point, tonally violent, I feel like you're not all that capable really i feel like you're compensating for something so, yeah it comes from either an insecurity of some sort I, it can't be just stress and it's interesting because in hollywood we forgive people for it because they're celebrities and they can do no wrong you know what i mean yeah and i also feel like too there's this weird idea some people have about actors where they can be insanely mercurial and aggressive and yeah occasionally even violent and a lot of people will go well, he's a great actor that's just, he's a method he's a, actor yeah, his intensity that's just part of his 
start and I'm like, no, 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 not really. I mean, like yeah, to a point for right. sure. But once you start inflicting that intensity on other people, that's when I feel like you need to put yourself in check a little bit. But once you are a celebrity on this, I don't mean to pick on Russell Crowe or anybody in particular, but just to use Russell Crowe as an example, once you attain a certain status and people know that you are a face that is incredibly marketable, they can use you to make a bunch of money for a bunch of people, potentially, you get away with a lot more. And you have a lot more people telling you like, yes, or failing that, no, but it's okay. We'll fix it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Um, actually, that made me want to think, when you're talking about method acting, I want to talk about Shia LaBeouf because he's done some really weird things and some people attribute it to his method acting, but I feel like he's been off since he's younger. You know what I mean? Because he had that arrest when he was nine for stealing and that's that's way before he was famous, right? I mean, I know he was a young he came up young in the industry. Yeah, like okay, so if he so let's say he had that he had that arrest, which I haven't I haven't read about that, but if that's the case, that nine years old, you could chalk that up to a kid being a kid and, and just doing something dumb for the heck of it and and he made a mistake and he got caught and he moved faster. But yeah, he started very young. And the I feel like there, there's the the rare, rare, rare exception, but I feel like for the most part, once you're a kid, if you get locked into being a kid in the industry, very young age, and you actually have a career as a kid. It's not like a one project and you're done. Your, your childhood is totally compromised. You don't really ever have an opportunity to have a normal formative experience. Social experience. So it's no coincidence. I mean, everybody knows that's the, that's the, the cliche child actor story is that they're a kid and they're super successful. And then as soon as they hit puberty, nobody wants to cast them for those parts anymore. And they, they're, they drift because they never had, that normal, that normal growing up phase and some of them fall into drugs and some, some of them don't last very long after the fact. I like the idea that maybe I'm sure Shia LaBeouf had his own version of this, but I like the idea that he's very aware of what he's doing now, whether or not, not all of it. Some of it Dude. when he gets into fights and gets arrested. Yeah, no, stuff, but he, not obviously, because he's been in trouble for being publicly intoxicated. Yeah, I'm not but, saying about that stuff. But, but, okay, he, very aware, aware of the fact that he put a bag on his head. He showed up to, it was like a red carpet event. I think it was a movie that he was in and it said, I'm, I'm not, not famous. famous. So, so he then did, I don't know about that. I don't know if that was something he was like, I'm going to do this because it's funny or if I, it's not my place. I don't really know what his mental state is. It's I, I wouldn't even want to make it. Like, maybe he does take something, and maybe he was off his meds that day. I don't know. But then he did, uh, here in L.A., he basically did that, like, art installation thing where people could come and talk, not with him, but at him, basically. Uh, uh-huh. And he'd sit there with the bag on his head, and you could take the bag off. He wouldn't do anything. He would just sit there at the table, and you could take the bag off his head, and it looked like he was crying under the bag super weird but it was a you know it was a staged event he wasn't there by accident you know what I mean? right he didn't wander in aimlessly so no he invited people no, right so my question is how much of what he's doing is by design and how much of it right is like just... pr stuff people do that all the time and some of it is some of it's for pr and some of it is just i am in a position where i think i can do this and not tank my career and i want to see what reaction i get from people but do you think that comes from a place of arrogance or art artistry uh if we're talking about shia labeouf i genuinely couldn't tell you i have no idea i mean uh, he's I... been in a lot of stuff i don't know i don't know i just feel like 
for one to sit there and call themselves art and put themselves on display and be like, hey, everybody, come look at me. That takes a certain level of arrogance. Absolutely. Without question. That being said, is that is that necessarily something that I would think to do? No, but I absolutely understand the appeal of being on his end of it and watching other people respond to it, both in person and also seeing the way media covers it, just to see. Like, it's a really weird, really weird thing to do. Right. There seemed to be no other purpose to it beyond this is really weird. Right. So maybe that's the whole joke. And if that's the whole joke... I don't think it's ha 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 funny, but I'm weirdly on board with it. Okay, that's that, I, I I did not expect that response, but okay. That part of it, not the not again, not the like getting drunk and getting into fights with people. So I'm like, dude, stop. But yeah, but but also if you're Shia LaBeouf, I bet you've got a bunch of people trying to come up and start shit with you. Yeah. So yeah, and that's not even his fault. Sticking with the weird train, okay? He got fired. He was doing some weird stuff on 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 Broadway too, though. Like him and his going back to the method that's acting. Right. I heard he about this. followed Alec Baldwin home one day. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? I don't know what his character was specifically that he felt the need to do that. But um, he also got in trouble because of disorderly conduct for interrupting a cabaret performance. Uh, I heard about this. Yeah. Oh, 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 and confronted and chased a homeless man in New York. I'm wondering, yeah, I'm wondering what that, that to me is like, maybe he was on something. I don't know. I like, and that's not me making excuses or anything. I genuinely have no idea. That sounds like, Maybe he was on something because I don't know why else you would just chase a homeless person unless the maybe the homeless person like, took something from maybe? you. But other than that, I'm like, I don't, I don't. That one doesn't track for me quite as much. Or yeah, yeah, the stuff that's clearly spontaneous bad decision making, not so on board. <laughs> the stuff, yeah. the stuff that is. There's clearly some thought put into it, even if it's very clearly a thought process that I don't understand at all. I'm a little more on board with because at least it's like, well, you're. You're doing something. This isn't destructive. Okay, I'll give you that. It's not destructive. It's better weird. than... Look, he's on a different plane than Chris Brown, and he hasn't hurt anybody. Right. So I'm all for that. I'm all for that. Sure. But you know who else has had some really erratic behavior? And I think this is the one female that can honestly get away with the things that she's doing, and it's only made her career ten times larger, is Miley Cyrus. She went from being America's, you know, all-American country girl and seeing these poppy, cute little, you know, something in the USA, whatever. And it was cute and it was fun and... It would it just her career wasn't really doing anything, and then all of a sudden, you know, she did the haircut and she's acting all sorts of crazy. Some may say crazy, and now like, um, her career is unbelievable. She's huge. Yeah. So some people will say crazy because outwardly and certainly at the time, it's like, what what is Hannah Montana doing? (laughs) Why is she gyrating with the man in the Beetlejuice suit? That's bizarre. Who's married and her I mean, I guess it's a business, but... So, so yes, uh, I, I totally get why people were reacting the way they were reacting at the time, but even at the time, I was sitting there watching and going, in a world where this girl very clearly, very openly doesn't want to be Hannah Montana anymore, but really wants a career, I think what she's doing is incredibly smart, and we've seen it. Now, obviously, time has, has borne me out on this. Incredibly smart. I think she she herself... I haven't listened to her speak extensively, but when I hear her talk, she displays an incredible amount of intelligence. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I also think she had an incredible and probably still does an incredibly smart team of people around her. Yeah. 
And I think all of these things that were crazy, she's melting down. I think all of this was actually very smartly. I wouldn't use the word contrived just because of the connotation, but essentially very calculated and in a a smart way. Like that's a compliment, if anything. It takes a lot of savvy to do something that calculated over such a long period of time, such a sustained series of plays and make it look so... She's melting down. You know what right, I mean? Right. Like that's that takes smarts to not implode yourself unintentionally while you do that. Right. Well, what's crazy is I think I read an article that Billy Ray, her father, had done an interview and he was saying, My daughter's very smart. She knows exactly what she's doing, and I stand behind her 110%. And I thought, that's fantastic. But at the same time, I'm for and against some of the things that she does. You know what I mean? Like, I think some of her music is absolutely fantastic. The writing is great. She's a great singer. I just recently got into The Voice. Okay, I, lo- yes. I love watching her on that. She's extremely entertaining and jovial. But then again, she sings some of the songs she sings or some of the things she does. Like she got onto the MTV Mu- Music Awards and basically emulated what it would be like to be high and sung about being high and this, that, and the third. And I'm all, <laughs> okay, I know that the MTV Music Awards, for me, when I was a kid, I loved watching. So there's got to be a huge, predominant young adult audience watching this right now. Is that really something you should be doing as an idol to younger people? Because as a parent, I wouldn't appreciate that. I see that. I totally see that argument. And this is not me going like, yeah, give your kids weed. Not at all. I also think if they're not hearing it there from Miley Cyrus, they're hearing it any other place they're going to turn in pop culture. That This is something else I was thinking about recently, too. Like, I think it's definitely you have a certain responsibility when you attain a certain level of celebrity. I think to do your best to not set a terrible example right but it's also not necessarily their job to be a role model right i mean that's an argument i've actually heard before from other people when they were doing interviews as young women have said you know that's awesome but i'm an artist and i want to be a singer and that's what i want to do i didn't sign up to be a role model i signed up to be a singer but at the end of the day when you do become a celebrity that's just something that goes hand in hand with your role just like being a celebrity goes hand in hand with making very popular good music and selling your music right so you can either be a great artist and sell nothing to nobody and then you don't have to worry about being a role model or you just accept the responsibility. Yeah, and like I say, like again, it, it really depends on what it is we're talking. I mean, like this, is, this becomes a whole other conversation where if you're asking me, I think, should kids be smoking pot? No, but it's ultimately basically harmless. If she was, however, going on television and saying, kids, go into your parents' medicine cabinet and try out some of those pharmaceuticals. I'd be like, whoa, maybe, maybe we should talk to Miley Cyrus and tell her why she shouldn't encourage people to do that. Right. But there's, again, it's like with all of this, there's a line somewhere. Right. Well, then you look at somebody like Amanda Bynes or who was the other one? Lindsay Lohan. They're, to me, I'm like, their bad behavior, there's no coming back from that career-wise. Well... Maybe, but they're not like Lindsay Lohan. She's cute, was cute. I don't know what happened. Uh, and when she was a younger actress, she was hey, I loved Mean Girls, I loved Parent Trap, I thought she was great. But she she's not Meryl Streep to where her acting is so fantastic that it can make up for just all the shitty things that have happened to her. You know? Yeah, and I I used to know. I feel like. Lindsay Lohan weirdly used to be, I think while it was happening, while that weird trajectory she was on was like happening in front of all of us in real time, I think I heard more conversations about it. But the general vibe I got, like it really, it really made me feel 
bad and a, a great deal of sympathy for her because it really sounded like she never had much of a shot to be uh, more, let's say more stable. Let's say not normal necessarily, but I don't think she really ever had an opportunity to be more stable. How I, so? The vibe, and again, uh, this is all, I'm not an expert. I'm not like, but it's what the, the vibe I got from what I, what I read uh, at the time and heard at the time was that she didn't have, you know, her parents were not very good role models. Wasn't it, wasn't it true? Like her mom would party with her frequently. Yeah, I think so. You know what I mean? Like there's not, especially when you're, she was a little, a little kid. I mean, remember uh, the parent trap? She was a little girl. So again, much like with somebody like a, like a Shia LaBeouf, um, never really had a anything resembling a normal formative experience. So it's almost like, I mean, not to jump too far off topic because I know this might this might come up somewhere else, but that's why like somebody like uh like a Justin Bieber when he behaves the way he behaves and continues to behave, there's a part of me that's like, bro, by now how has nobody said anything to you about this and gotten you to like step Get back your life on together? It? Yeah. However, but you can't tell Justin Bieber no. Well, right. He's one of those I don't think you can tell no because he he gets crazy. But if you see like people are starting to like boo his behavior at his shows now, you know what I mean? Like there, there's gonna come a point past which it is gonna start impacting business, and I think people are going to regret not pushing him to step back a little bit or doing. So maybe they are. Maybe maybe they'll regret not doing it a little more aggressively before it started affecting the business end of it. Um, but then the flip side of that coin is. I feel like even now to an extent being mad at Justin Bieber for his behavior is a little bit like getting really angry at a puppy for going in the house when nobody is housebroken it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like nobody taught this puppy how to behave. True. So this puppy's just peeing all over the place. Right. And how I get being frustrated, but logically how mad can you truly be at the puppy? Now, uh, yet a third side to that is the older Justin Bieber gets and the more of these stories we hear, the less I think that excuses it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, and then, well, as he becomes an adult, too, and there's so many people around him, you would think somebody would be like, look, kid, this is not going to fly. You know what I mean? And I don't know what happened, like, with his manager. I would think because this guy, Scooter, has been around since the beginning of his Scooter, career. Scooter you know, yeah. I mean, I don't know if Justin, like, could fire him. Maybe he would. But I would think the guy would care about Justin enough to say this is not okay. But then you have Justin's dad who's partying along with him and just making him think the behavior and is okay. And again, absence of a parental figure that's some stability that's some guidance um i'm not positive was what his relationship with his mother is like i'm not all over the place so so again it's almost like it it you can track it it's it's right. a shame and it doesn't necessarily excuse a lot of these behaviors but you start to notice especially with some of of these younger figures you do start to notice patterns and it really does seem like a lot of them never had the greatest shot at stability to begin with right you know what's funny is i saw this performance by justin bieber first of all earlier i think it was like last year at the beginning of this year he was having what was people perceived to be panic attacks right before his performances because i saw one he actually ran off stage and was uh, uh, like hyperventilating and anyways he had done another performance where he got out he was 
singing and I think he had told the audience either to sing along with him or not to touch him or something weird where either someone touched the bandana on his hanging from his pants or they weren't singing enough whichever one it was and he's like oh, okay fine you know what I told you guys not to do it you're not listening I'm done and he walked out I've, of I've heard a, cu- a couple of these stories fairly recently where yeah he'll just stop mid-show because he feels like the audience isn't respecting him enough okay so even look I, I I don't. I don't want to be the dude who gets onto a, a, a podcast and on the record like blasts anybody on a personal level for any reason. So I'm going to. I'm going to hold back a little bit. But it's like, dude, they bought a goddamn ticket for your show, right? Give them the goddamn show. Well, and that's the thing, and that's all trailing back to what we originally started talking about, which is why is it that some celebrities can have this bad behavior, and it's like we. As people who pay tickets for things, why are we rewarding them with our money? Because that's basically what we're doing is we're giving these people our money and they're just going to k- keep doing what they're doing because they think they're hot shit. Yeah. I'm, and I'm not sure besides um, – there's, there's the gender question which you raised previously. But also even if we're only talking about men who I, I agree historically seem to have been able to get away with more of this type of behavior than women have. But – why are some men able to get away with it and some aren't for things that are on the surface you you think fairly similar and i'm not really sure i feel like a lot of those conversations go on in in rooms where i am not so i don't know i'm not privy mm-hmm. to all of these specifics about those decisions but it is it is a curious question yeah i don't know i don't know one last one that i did want to bring up that to me was just a wow and i felt like it was worthy of bringing up because I used to love Crossroads. Call me cheesy. It's a Britney Spears movie, but that's the first time I ever saw Tara Manning, and now she's on Orange is the New Black. Yes. Um, I, I honestly don't follow that show. Sorry for Orange is the New Black fans. Just couldn't get into it. But regardless, she has a really violent history. Apparently, she headbutted her makeup artist, sprayed her with Windex, and then put her in a headlock. This was like 2012. I didn't know about this. Yeah, and then charges were dropped. But then again, I do believe it was 2015 that she also got into another physical altercation with her makeup I think it was a makeup artist again which why would you continue to work with this person after they abused you the first time that's another podcast another story regardless she did it again and this is on set right so at that point as a producer wouldn't you be like this is a liability she could hurt somebody we could end up in a lawsuit she needs to be fired yeah so that's do uh really quick do you know what what the project was that she was on um um, I don't know. I know the makeup artist was Holly Hartman, and it was November 2015. I would if think it has to be Orange is the New Black. Black. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think that's the only thing she's been working on since the show started. But that's interesting to me because, okay, so I uh, there's a part of me that understands, well, she's one of your your regulars, and you don't want to just unceremoniously write this very popular character off the show like that. But then you look at a show like, what is it, uh, uh, Grey's Anatomy fired, fired, I'm like bad with these names, yeah, yeah. fired a couple people, didn't they? Yeah, 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 somebody made a comment about, um, I do believe it, it was about gay people. Yeah, the, I was thinking, it was, I think it was Isaiah Washington, like, made the, the <clears throat> homophobic comments and they were, they fired him and he was a very prominent player on that show. Then you just read super recently, I forget, and it was recent, but apparently not recent enough that I remember super clearly, but on one of the Law & Orders or NCIS, they fired an actor, a, a principal actor for, like, kicking somebody, like, Oh, I, I forget. So, but something similar to See, that. But okay, how do you even get to a point where you think it's okay to kick somebody? No, agreed. But my point is, it's interesting that these are men and they fired yes. 
these men off true, their shows. True. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering what the story was. And I'm sure that we'll never, unless we meet these people personally and they tell us totally confidentially and off the record, right. we're probably not going to get much more specific information than we have now. But it's interesting to me that she didn't. If this story is true, that she didn't get fired. And I want to know if, if... Well, that's according to people.com. So if it is false, it is all their fault. <laughs> but you know what? Speaking of TV shows and people getting fired, Billy Bush. So that was a big one, right? Because yes. he was in conversation with Donald Trump and they made the whole sexist comments that I will not repeat about women. And so he yeah, got fired. Gross. But here's what I was really upset about. The fact that I understand you're terminating a contract. So maybe somewhere there's a legal clause. But Billy Bush got a severance pay of $10 million. So how is that really that much of a shame on you? You said these nasty things about women. You are losing your job. Here's 10 mil. That whole thing was gross and weird. My favorite part of that entire story was shortly after that happened, like right after the announcement that he was going to get this massive payout, this thing on Twitter started. And at first I thought it was legit. People were, were saying, like, Billy Bush, wow, what an amazing, you got this payout that you didn't deserve. What an amazing thing you did, donating it to a women's charity. That's the only good thing you possibly could have done. And for about a second, I was like, wow, maybe I totally misjudged this guy. And then I discovered it was a joke that people started basically to pressure shame, him, shame him oh. into doing it. I don't, I doubt strongly that anything ever came of that. But that I thought was pretty hilarious because the rest of that story was just so awful it's just gross like more than anything else that whole like have you did you actually hear the tapes no i did not you i mean you know what's said on it there's nothing that's said on it that is any more extreme than what you've heard already that being said it's just it's so it's so gross the whole thing the comments but also the whole his attitude is very enabling and it's very this icky yeah the whole thing is not not good it's just very unpleasant no no um I do want to change the direction of this, though, because we did mention a lot of, of these bad things. And OPS, last one I'll mention is Shannon Doherty, who apparently got fired both from 90210 and Charmed because of her attitude. You know, so, I mean, that's, that's going back to the argument of is it's not okay for women to act a certain way. Um, but I also mentioned, too, we were talking about celebrity humanizing celebrities in a past episode and how she's now dealing with cancer and sharing her, her battle with the world. Yes. And one of the things that she had said is, in the past, it's shed a lot of light and it's humbled me a lot and it's made me realize a lot of the things I've done in the past, behavior that I may have exuded in the past was just not appropriate. And I'm like, oh, you mean all the things that you may have done to people when you were on charmed in 90210 those things you're now realizing all right cool but uh anyway i see your point i don't really want to kick somebody when they're down uh but i i see your point but i do i want to okay so so i i pulled my phone out before because i wanted to look something specific up to make this point because i didn't want to get this this wrong you mentioned uh amanda Bynes earlier Mm -hmm. uh, in conjunction with Lindsay lohan right and it, it, it introduces a broader point that I think has a place in this conversation. So Amanda Bynes' behavior, we found out, eventually was due to the fact that she was suffering from legitimate mental illness. Uh, specifically, according to what I was just able to pull up, uh, both schizophrenia and bipolar disorder. Wow, that I did not know. And apparently she's now doing better. She, apparently she was able to get some help, but that that explains quite a bit of what we saw. And no, unfortunately, I don't think at this point she's able to, certainly anytime soon, put her career back to where it was. But I'm wondering, 
we see so many of these really intense, erratic behaviors from people in positions of influence, power, wealth, celebrity, what have you. How many of these people do you think are struggling with some form of mental illness and do not have, are surrounded by yes people and are not, they have access to help, but aren't encouraged to go for it, aren't aware of it. And then they are, they are a celebrity, which comes along with a huge amount of baggage and pressure and intensity. Yes. I'm glad you said that. can probably exacerbate a lot of That's, these conditions. Yes. And, yes. and how much of it, which certainly does, does not excuse physical violence, but it may help explain why some of these actions take place. And I think then it becomes a broader conversation, which isn't really what we're talking about, but about how we need to get a whole lot better about addressing mental illness in this country, A, acknowledging that it's a real thing, yes, and then identifying it, and then helping people get help for themselves, but also for the people around them. Yeah. I think some of these people that are prone to physical violence may not be so prone to physical violence if they can get the actual underlying problems treated. So, and you, we are finally too, just now starting to, to have talk. that conversation. Yeah. You and I were talking recently about uh, people like, like Kristen Bell or uh, Amanda Seyfried who have come out recently and been very candid about their own experiences yes, struggling absolutely. with mental illness. And they have thriving careers, so it's clearly possible. But you notice, I feel like you have to be on the inside already before you can talk about it. I of feel course. like if you're on the outside and you talk about it before you have a career because it is still stigmatized to the extent that it is, it may hurt your opportunities. But I'm glad that we have people like that that are coming forward that are talking about it. So maybe we can all have that conversation and maybe it can help some of the people like the people we're talking about before they do things that are potentially damaging to themselves or to others. Right. I'm really glad that you also talked about the fact that sometimes the pressure is what can actually trigger some of these mental illnesses as well. Insane amounts of pressure. And, and, And people may not realize that. I did not know that until I actually met somebody like that who was perfectly sane, perfectly normal. But then when they were in college, just they were under so much tremendous pressure to do well from their family, from all these different things. And for whatever reason, all the responsibilities that this person was taking upon themselves triggered something to happen. And all of a sudden, she ended up, I want to say, with bipolar disorder. And it was the most bizarre thing having known this person and having friends that known this person her whole life and her never having this illness until just it came out you know and so and being an actor being in the entertainment industry whether you're a singer a dancer a host what have you a producer a writer someone behind the scenes there's so much pressure you work so many hours and there's so much expected of you with that rejection worrying about failure it's a lot for a person to handle just in a sane manner not not to mention someone who might have genetically somewhere in their body this illness and then boom on top of which too i mean to look at amanda Bynes is a perfect example look at how many whether it's you know talk shows different podcasts whatever people would actively mock her and make fun of her behavior until it came out that she was actually struggling with very intense mental illness. And they went, oh, so we're we're the assholes. Yikes. But I bet that didn't help either. You know what I mean? Right. Like to then, to then, 
try and reach out, even if she's reaching out to, like the weird like sexual stuff to Drake on Instagram or whatever it was. Or I Twitter, missed that. Which is weird. Like super. Don't get me wrong. Really weird. But it could also maybe was a way of just trying to reach out. Cry mis- for help. Misguided, misguided way of reaching out, perhaps. <laughs> but still, you know, you you put yourself out there, even if it's not the best idea, and then you get this this torrent of really pointed ridicule, and you're actually dealing with a problem, and other people don't know that. That I can't imagine is particularly helpful. Either. Right. Right. And I think it's you know it, people again it comes back to the point of people disconnect the idea of these people from the reality that they're people yes absolutely i've said that so many times in this podcast so i absolutely agree i do want to make sure that when we wind things down we leave it on a positive note yeah so. for sure we're talking about a lot of really heavy stuff yes yeah so i want to talk about a few celebrities that i really enjoy their great attitudes and i feel like their great attitude has led them to just immense amounts of success so one of those people is Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I know he's been everything from the Terminator to the governor. Was he the governor? Or yes, the, the yeah, governor, governor of, California, of California. Lord, Lord, Lord Jesus. President of California land. Yes, yes, yes. So anyways, one of the things that he said is that when he was very young, that he used to visualize himself having what he wanted and that mentally uh, he never had any doubts, that he felt his mind was so incredible. And even before he won his first Mr. Universe, that he walked around like, this is mine and I own this. And I'm a very strong believer in that. And I think because I am in the same industry, that's the only thing that I do have to hold on to is my attitude. It's the only thing I can control is, is just having that certainty. Cause if not, I don't know, you'll go crazy. Um, and then the other, yeah. uh, uh, other people, um, and it's in that same level. P Diddy. P Diddy is so remarkably successful in this industry and he started as a backup dancer right and i'm not going to speak for his personal whatever's because i don't know everything that happens in his life and everybody that he interacts with if he's really cool or not but he did say that he believes that like attracts like therefore positivity attracts positivity and that's one of the things he feels has made him more successful sure this triggered a thought that i mean i agree with your point this triggered a thought that's not really related but i find it really interesting that p diddy was able to change his name so many times over the course of his career yeah and not lose his audience and and more to my point everybody just accepted it and yes. went with it yes whereas if you do you remember that one time where for a second snoop dogg said he was going to be snoop lion from now on no what? Every, yeah, for like a second, he was like, no, I'm Snoop Lion now. And everybody collectively was basically like, no, you're no. Not. no, you're not. Stop it, Snoop. What? Stop it. What? I don't want to be a dog anymore. I want to be a cat. And you notice, you notice now he's, he's Snoop Dogg again. And right. maybe maybe the whole thing was only ever intended to be temporary, but I remember that being more or less the conversation wow. was, I'm Snoop Lion. No, dude, you're not. That just sounds awful. <laughs> so, so yeah that really is apropos of nothing we're talking about i just i couldn't even rap weird. and sound like you're hard snoop lion in the house I say he was like he temporarily did a like a reggae thing? Uh, oh if I remember, somebody's gonna why. listen to this podcast and be like homeboy has no clue what he's talking about but <laughs> i vaguely remember this to be true oh lord who i somebody else did a name oh prince but prince can do that prince went from Prince to the symbol to I don't know how to say that so he's the artist, the artist formerly, formerly known, known as Prince. And, and by the Prince. way, I feel like Prince was maybe the only person in the history of entertainment who could get away with being a symbol and then insist that everyone else stumble through calling him the artist formerly known as Prince every time and get away with it. Yeah. I feel like no one else could have done that. No, not at all. Not at all. 
Um, uh, oh, who's the other one? Oh, Oprah. Oprah is gone from, gosh, from the bottom to the top and then some. And she was just saying that, um, what did she say? Think like a queen. The queen is not afraid to fail. Failure is another stepping stone to greatness. And to me, that is such a powerful quote. Because as much as I am all about the positivity and good attitude, I feel like Fear and failure is a killer for so many people, sure. myself included. But somebody as great as Oprah to openly say, like, you have to fail. You know, like, I think that's a great thing, especially for other people, whether you're an artist or whatever you are and you're trying to achieve something, being bold and being brave and just going for whatever it is that you want. Yeah, I mean, I've heard it phrased a couple of different ways that I like. I mean, everybody's heard fortune favors the bold, fine. But I also like the idea that risk is almost always preferable to regret. In fact, I'll say always preferable to regret. Yeah. You don't want to sit and wonder what might have been if you had pursued this thing that you're terrified to go after. Just do it. In fact, the more terrified you are, the greater chance you should probably go do it. Yes. And work at it. I think that's a lot of, you know, people shame. I hear a lot of older people shame on millennials. And look, you're a millennial. I'm probably on that borderline where I might be and I might not be. But as far as the younger generation of the millennials, their stereotype is not willing to work for anything and wanting it now. I don't necessarily agree, disagree with that. I think that there's think a very... true for a lot of people. Absolutely, yes. absolutely. But I think what people need to understand and realize is no matter what it is that you're going for in life, you have to work very, very hard. And in the whole game of comparing yourself to other people and not knowing what goes on behind the scenes... That's not fair. So the reason I'm saying all of this is because of a quote that was said by Justin Timberlake. And for those of you who don't know, I love him. He's my boo thing for life. Screw Jessica Biel. But anyway, um, I love him so much. And I actually have a friend who's danced with him for years. And she says, you know, Justin is just the right amount of everything. He's just enough gentleman, but just enough of a man that, you know, will protect you. And he's just good enough at this to be amazing and just good enough at that to be amazing. Also, weirdly, a a child performer who grew up not only normal, but wildly successful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he probably went through his stints or he may have done a few things well, a normal sure. teenage I'm, boy would and do. And of course, he had access to anything he could want. So I'm sure he, whatever. But weirdly, almost the, like the exception that proves the rule in of a way. Of course. Oh, I mean, well, look at Britney. You know what I mean? They come, but, but I honestly, it has to do with home. It has to do with how, like his mom must have been really, really good. However, he did come from a single family. His dad did leave him. And one of the things my girlfriend was saying that uh, danced for him is that he did have daddy issues. But what she admired about him a lot because rewind, you know, him and Jessica Biel broke up at one point. Supposedly he cheated on her, whatever. Okay. My friend, another... Are they married now? They're married now. They're married now. Yes, okay. yes. Uh, my, my friend didn't confirm nor deny that, but what she did say is... She alluded to the fact that it was his fault they broke up and he acknowledged it, acknowledged he had daddy issues and went and saw a therapist. And I thought... That's awesome. The fact that you can own whatever it is that you're, you're, you know is wrong with you and try to go ahead and help and fix and it. This is exactly what I was talking about before. Somebody who was able to know he maybe was exceptionally lucky if he was able to figure this out more or less on his own. But there was an underlying factor there. Right. And that's that sounds like, you know, that's not a chemical issue. That's a that's a circumstantial issue. But that's that 
is no less a contributing factor to the way your mind and your behavior is conditioned. Mm -hmm. So good on him for identifying an underlying factor and dealing with the underlying factor because hopefully, I mean, I don't, I don't hang out with JT on the reg, you know, but I think hopefully (laughs) if you actually deal with the underlying factor, you address it, you get help for it. It will then have a positive ripple effect. Right. Right. Well, and then he got his boo back. His, Second to me, it's okay. <laughs> he picked he picked the runner up, but that's all right. I'll let him get away with it for now. Um, but the point is, is one of the things that he said is, quote, I think people sometimes don't pay enough attention to what they do. I've done well, but the reason is pretty simple. I've worked my ass off. The toughest thing a performer can do is make it look easy as if it comes easy, unquote. So true. Oh, yeah. If somebody makes it look easy, all that means is they've put in more time, more effort and they've accumulated more experience than you can probably even begin to conceptualize in that moment. Yes. And my friend can confirm that. The dancer can confirm that too. She, cause I went to the concert and she was like, no, that was live. No lip singing. She said he practiced and practiced. And that's why his concerts were only every so many days to arrest his voice. But he refused. If people were going to go pay to see him sing, he was going to sing, not lip sing. And I was like, preach Justin Timberlake. Oh yeah. No, there's no, like, I obviously, I'm not quite as uh, steeped in Justin Timberlake-ness as you are maybe, but there's no denying whatsoever, like, that dude is the real deal and he's insanely good at every single thing he does. It's actually, like, I don't even know how to wrap my intellectual brain around how good that dude is at all of the stuff. Yeah. I love it. Well, that's a great way to end the conversation. So I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna end it on that it's note. Super positive. Yeah, it is super positive. <laughs> so we've we've been up, down, and all around this realm of behavior in Hollywood. I hope you guys enjoyed. Thank you so much for joining us today. Again, my name is Ali Kona Bradford. Make sure you find the Hollywood Shit website, www.hollywoodshit.wix.com backslash inspire we're also on twitter at hollywood shit la as am i at boys and beauty 01 i threw a lot of information at you but that's okay lex is gonna tell you where to find him hi uh you can find me all over social media at the lex michael alicona thank you so much for having me absolutely this was fun yeah i had a lot of fun with you great stuff to say so high fives Woo! all right and then we'll see you next week goodbye